Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Billy's Gigantic Harry. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So he can be friends with someone he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail them too. Cue the theme song. How many times do I have to tell you? We're just friends. You realize, of course, that we can never be friends. Why not? What I'm saying is, and this is not a come on in any way, shape, is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Not true. Oh. I have a number of men friends, and there is no sex involved. No, yes, I do. No, yes, I do. No, I think you do. Oh. You're saying I'm having sex with these oh. men without my knowledge? No, what oh. I'm saying is they all want to have oh, sex with you. Oh. They do. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. They do. Me too. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with yeah. So you're yeah. saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have what she's had. All right. Just oh, before God. the 90s, we had a movie that had so little New Year's bit in it, but we still are calling it a New Year's movie for our New Year's episode of this dumpster fire of a year, 2020, 1989, when Harry met Sally. Yeah, we got... Rob Reiner directing, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher, and Bruno Kirby. Bruno and uh, Billy getting together here. They would later reprise a duo role in City Slickers. And Carrie yeah. Fisher um, get, getting in on the action here, too. So uh, um, this is a comedy, um, one from Rob Reiner, who's kind of master of relationship comedy movies. I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> he... He Rob Reiner never really picked a genre or a style of directing. He just kind of like did. I think comedy. Well, he did a few good men's not a comedy, and then and we then Spinal stuff, Tap. But... Spinal Tap's like a total spoof. It's not. It's nothing that's like comedy. it's a. It's an actual mockumentary. So that's a difference. And then this is basically a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking of a lot as the movie got to it, just because Billy Crystal is kind of that depressed, cynical, little neurotic kind of guy. Not as neurotic as Woody, but certainly on the on the the ne- negative and cynical side of things. That's who Billy Crystal seemed to be in, in um, embodying here. And then then yeah. the the uh, clips of the couples talking, the like the, the the documentary footage and stuff. That's also Woody Allen. It's in New York. The music of the movie feels very woody. I yeah, always lots of consider great this scenery. A, yeah, a giant, a giant Woody Allen ripoff. I mean, he does it well, though. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it a is it a, a ripoff or is it an homage? I guess Woody was still cranking movies out at this time, like some of his good stuff. So, might be more of a a, a copy than anything else. Well, no, and he didn't write the screenplay. That um, Nora, Nora, Nora Ephron, Ephron. Yeah, yep. she wrote the script, and she wrote scripts similar to this. She, I think, she's a guy, person who wrote the other Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movie. Uh, you got mail, yeah. She yeah, I think that's her too. Yep, yep. She's done quite a bit of stuff, and she's she, directed some stuff as well. Is this the first time you guys have both seen this before? Right, long no, time I've never ago. Seen it. Yeah. For me, this has been a long time. Brent, you had never seen it? No, I've never seen it. It was wow. just it was just never something I was interested in when I was young. Like when this came out, I was a kid. Yeah, and I saw this a It wasn't bunch. my topic, and then it was an old flick, and I wasn't, like I was never chastened to, to see this, so. That's fair. Is this um, a chick, is this a chick flick? This is what I remembered. I would have considered this back then before seeing it a chick flick, and then after watching it, I mean, it does give kind of equal billing time to both the leads so it's more of a relationship comedy than it does but just by virtue of its relationshipy comedy thing that tends to fall more on the I, I mean effeminate scale as far as movies go I think doesn't it like lady looking for love kind of thing not so much guy finding the perfect partner basically but like it is it is split more even like it's not it's not a terribly one-sided flick i just think that this content generally floats more towards the chick flick feel 
Hmm. I I felt like with the Bruno Kirby stuff that they 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 did do a really good job of of trying to keep it out of. I mean, yeah, I mean this one I've I've always I'd always liked this one in the past. I'd seen it. I've probably seen it five or six times before we watched it for for this time, and uh, I'd always enjoyed it and thought the writing was good and stuff. So I was ex- I was kind of excited to see if this one uh, stood the test of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know um, uh, one of the things stood out. I think it's a scene I forgot about, but it's so iconic and well done, and it's a bit into the movie. I don't want to jump around. I haven't even given the, the synopsis of the plot yet. Maybe I'll start there, and then I'll get into the thing. So stay with bated breath. Wait for what John's going to say next. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, Harry and Sally uh, graduate from university, and they're going to drive from Chicago to New York together, uh, and they don't really get along, but I'd say both are semi-intrigued, maybe more by how odd the other person is um they run into each other five years later and they see if they can be friends they run into each other six years after that in a new dynamic and by the end of the movie we're going to figure out if friends can be lovers after 12 years and three months of knowing each other that, yeah, that that's, pretty much sums that's that up. a pretty good sum up yeah yeah um so at one point in the movie, there's a lot of confusion around Harry and Sally's relationship. So one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the the bedroom scene where Harry and Sally have, have been intimate with each other and they don't know what's going on. So they call Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher at the same time. And you have that awesome shot that's Bruno and Carrie Fisher in the middle. And then you have Meg Ryan on one end and you have Billy Crystal on the other end. And it's for, I had to read up on it because I was so curious as to how they would do it. And apparently they had three cameras set up across the same soundstage and the actors had to go through it over 60 times to get it right because there can't be any edits so if anyone messes up you can't cut away from any one of them so they had to just grind it out and it's it's super good that's a super good scene oh that's interesting that's an interesting way to film it because there's like some of these things that are um that are like kind of like little gimmicks but i think they're really cute and they work really well like when him and uh, Sally are watching that movie, and he cuts the he cuts the screen right down the center and pushes the frames together, so it looks like they're laying in bed together watching the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But they also are separate, very... so their conversation feels really intimate, like bedside manner. It's yes. um, some stuff like that's really well done in this. That's, yeah, that's also reminds me a lot of of Woody Allen. He he did a lot of stuff like that with. Um, uh, was showing two people on this on the same screen at the same time, um, yeah. yeah so that tricks, yeah. I, I and I I like all that stuff. I I always did. I I feel like, I mean, that was an interesting time in filmmaking and uh, people when people use that stuff again in different ways, it's always cool. Noise, noise. I will say <laughs> I will say that that. I found that there are some things that didn't make sense for the character of Sally. Like the, the orgasm the, scene? The famous orgasm scene is, um, as everybody talks about it, and it's everybody's favorite scene, but I think it actually makes no sense with her character in the rest of the movie. It's just like, it's completely out of left field that she would do that. She seems very reserved, and she seems like a type of person who wouldn't want that kind of negative attention or positive attention in any way in a crowded restaurant i i was actually shocked seeing it this time going this doesn't make any fucking sense see i thought it did i think that the progression is actually pretty good because i i know what you're saying the thought occurred to me but if you look at beginning a movie sally she is that reserved person that you're talking about but by later in the movie this orgasm scene isn't that out of place she's also singing karaoke in the middle of a retail store with billy crystal at one point so you can tell, like, she's really opened up. She's She's been in New York for years. She's a journalist. Like, she's a writer. So she's kind of, she's in that, she's in that area where there would be a little bit more, um, a little bit more life, I guess, and a little bit more opportunity for the, uh, to open herself up, I guess. I don't, so I, I don't think it was too out of line. I don't think singing karaoke is the same as fake orgasming in a crowded restaurant. I don't think that's comparable at all. I think they're the same. I think they're the same lo- locality. Not it really. Didn't work. 
it, it oh, didn't, absolutely. It didn't come. It didn't come as out of nowhere as I remembered it because I was worried that, you know, every, but the, the time leading up to where that scene happens, she was opening up a bit. It still seemed over the top. And then, of course, I put on my 2020 hat and thought of like what that would be like in real life in this day and age. And I don't think that would go over as harmlessly, <laughs> although it also didn't seem that that shocking of a scene anymore, given what some of the more raunch comedies that came through the 90s and, and everything else did so i it, yeah it, I, I i and once again i like it i just didn't feel like it's it's like something vince vaughn's character would do in swingers it's just it's just like you said it's very over the top it's not vince vaughn's character was like that the whole movie she she that's really the only time she does something like highly inappropriate in a public place to prove a point as well i mean i could almost see billy crystal doing that over her character yeah. see, between the, the between the two of them but instead I mean, you are left with his big and pie yeah yes <laughs> it doesn't by any means ruin the movie no, of course not. No, of course not. It's just it's one little character detail, and I agree. It's a bit it's a bit excessive, but I didn't find it out of place. Um, the thing that made me cringe was the thought of of being in a restaurant with someone that's faking orgasm at like super loud volume. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That, I gotta that, tell you though. <laughs> I'm I was thinking it. the same too. I was thinking the same too. In a way, I was like, ah. Oh. Like it would have been such a rare thing that that maybe people would have been like, oh, that's be so shocking. But today it wouldn't be shocking at all. You'd be more like, that's almost gross. Like, what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah. Can someone <laughs> clean that chair? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like the way the movie opens and introduces the characters, and and that's a great vehicle. Oh, the structure man. of this movie yeah. is is really smart. You meet them both, and then you have the the road trip, and then they go their separate ways. And then I I love how they keep running into each other, like in airports and and malls or museums or whatever, different points of their lives. I feel like it's a it was a good it's a good structure way of structuring the movie. It's it's um it's moments months of their lives, and then you skip over like five years, so many years. Yeah. So, so here's the thing for me with this movie is that the story's not interesting enough for me. Maybe I'm just not a romantic anymore, but I thought this was going to be like a, a love story for the ages and, um, you know, really fighting through adversity, but it's really just more people, people battling their inner demons until they're in the right point to get into a relationship. And it's a fine story to tell. It just, it didn't hit me as like super relevant. And, and I think, you know, the times have moved on a little bit to where I don't, it's, it doesn't seem to be the same. I realized this in a way is a period piece, though it also didn't really feel like that to me either. Like it didn't feel like it was diving too far into a 70s look and feel when they first meet, other than they get into the old car and, and whatever. There wasn't a lot of politics or, or current events or anything to tie me into the time frame. So I don't know. I was a little bit let down by that when I watched this movie because I, I remember thinking decently fondly of it when it's been over a decade. Um, and then this time it just seemed to be missing some pizzazz that really kept me super engaged. I was almost like, oh man, they're going to get together and then apart again. At one, one time too many maybe for me. And I know the, the runtime's not even too long in this, but I don't know. Something like about that. 40. Yeah. Something about it just, just, I don't know. I wasn't grooving with it as much this time as I they, maybe had in the they past. Only, they only get together the one time. No, I know, but they they well, meet they, like, up, meet and then separate, and then meet and then separate. It seems oh, like they, I see. I thought they, he meant like had sex. No, no, no. I know they only do that the once before they they end up getting together, and yeah. then it, like instead of like going with that as like the big get together, they have to push them apart again and and have more time apart. I I don't know. Um, yeah, is that enough to carry a movie all the way through for me personally? Not 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 especially. See, I view this different as you. You view this as like people have to grow to get to where they need to be to be compatible yeah is kind of what you were saying but to me this movie is all about kismet this movie is all about like fate right all the interviews even point towards that it's, it's like like oh this thing happened and it didn't seem like it was meant to be or like i saw this person and bam the second i saw them i knew right like this whole thing is about they're fated to be together uh, um it's just that 
it's scenarios or timing, like you're saying, don't work out, but they are faded. And it's just a matter of like, even those moments where they meet and then are pushed apart by their conflicting personalities or whatever at the time, all that stuff is just a, a component of the fate that needs to express itself later to bring it together, that true love, right? I hear you. I definitely hear you. I, I don't know. I guess I just, I put, when the old people were telling their stories, A, I could tell that some of them were acting. I was hoping from the first one was so genuine that those were real couples they had uh, done, but some of them seemed so fake to me, and apparently they were real stories, but they got actors to retell them. Um, those people, all the people who told those stories were older and seasoned folks. And some of them had like gone to war and come back and other ones. It was like the moment I saw her, I knew I had to have her and we've been married ever since. Right. Like those kind of things. I just didn't feel that level of like kismet pulling them together that they were so, um, that they were so right for each other. Uh, they end up there at the end, but that's because Billy Crystal changed. He's not as neurotic and cynical and down on everything, which would be a total fucking drag. He's learned to like taper that a bit. And she has learned to taper her neuroticism and they accept each other for that, which is what is great, but it took a lot of time for them to get there. Um, they're so like, they're like a Venn diagram that starts as two circles. The first <laughs> time they meet, there's a little overlap. Yeah. The second time they meet, there's a little more. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, they're one circle. Right. Yeah. So what I got the sense from the old people in the stories is that they were one circle immediately and just circumstance or whatever pulled them apart. And then they but got one back. of those couples in the stories was married, got divorced. He was married like two or three yep. other times. Yep. And then they reconnected again. That's true. Seemingly I, while she just like sat at home and fucking <laughs> knitted or something like he had all these wives, he's pumping everything. She knew more and about she's him. just like one day, <laughs> any day now. I, I agree with Brent though. I feel like the, it was very, very clearly set up that they were, they were meant to be together, but they didn't know it. And they kept, um, coming up with excuses like i love that when he decides to be her friend and stuff they try to hook each other up with other people and the other people <laughs> fall in love with each other yeah, and i yeah. love when he gets in uh bruno kirby and her like have the conversation separately i, I love that they they had those friends and stuff that they had the, they kept doing those conversations but as they're walking from the restaurant she's like oh kind of like him you you don't seem into him you don't mind and then the other guy's like and he asks him and he's like okay well yeah but don't do anything tonight you know don't hurt her feelings yeah and then they yeah. just get in a cab together and get the fuck out of there well it's because as soon as they finish having those conversations he's like well i think i'm about done work walking and she's like yeah me too and he's like cab and yeah. they both just get in <laughs> i know funny. that's they're so going, well done they're racing to go fuck it's so yeah. funny yeah, yeah it's great yeah but i will tell like you Sorry, I, I just wanted to mention on the interviews conversation, did you guys think that those worked? Some of them definitely did because they some of the acting in them was, was more, like I said, when I thought it was real people, like um, uh, Band of Brothers, right? You watch that show and they start off the episodes with the, with the guys talking about the war. It's like so much yeah. more powerful than if someone was acting that or telling it as a young person. It just had that gravity. So that hit me because I could tell those were the guys telling those stories. I could tell a few of the, the older folks were acting. So it, it, it didn't hit me as hard because I was like, these are made up stories, not real. I so actually I actually was under the impression, I guess, I wasn't, I thought they were all real people and not actors. Hmm. No, some of them are terrible actors. Yeah. Well, that's why I thought they were real people because I thought they were, I was like, they're too <laughs> shitty to be good actors, right? So they must be real. So yeah, I yeah. always thought that worked. It worked. That worked for me. You could take the interviews, including theirs, out of the movie, and I think that movie still works. And you you saved five six I think seven it works minutes better. Yeah. I think what you do is like John said. So that was exactly what I was going to reference. Band of Brothers opens, interview, right? then you have the whole show. You don't break the show up with a bunch of interviews throughout. Yeah. And that's what this movie did. And it kept killing the pacing for me. Like it'd be like, wow. And then another interview with some old couple. And I was like, stop fucking doing this. Like I know, do you know what I mean? It's yep. enough. We open the movie with it. I get what you're saying. Now let's go. And you can end the movie with their interview. 
I'm not so fucking short memory that I can't remember how it opened. I'll still get the tie, right? Yeah, yeah. But it just, it really kind of staggered it for me and it interrupted and it just like, for me, it, it was a pacing killer. Speed bump. That's yeah, fair. That's big fair. Like I, I would, I would, I would have gotten, I would have been like, if someone said, can we just take our, like you said, do them at the beginning. But I mean, I also feel like, ah, uh, I guess you need them in there. Like you don't, you don't need them broken up. Um, like you said, you could have just started the movie with it, but but I, I guess it is important for that kismet or that they were faded, you know, that they they were always going to be together. So I, I I think yeah, I would have been fine if they would have put them all at the beginning. Hmm. Let me test you too. Like if they are needed to keep that that sense of kismet, that sense of destiny in there, if they're needed throughout the movie, then the movie doesn't work. I'm right? not saying that they're needed. I feel like it's, I did say they're needed, but I just meant that it's, it's charming or it's, it adds something that the, you, if you took those out, if you think about it and you took those out, it's, it's, it's all of the, that them, you could have all those flashbacks of them meeting at the end and then him giving the speech to her about, um, you know, like, I don't think that they're needed, but I think they do add something to the movie. Time. They add time. A little bit. <laughs> little no, bit. but they add, they add, uh, they, they add that, uh, that bullshit about how everybody's fated to be with their soulmate or whatever the fuck that they were trying to get at. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't disagree about the kismet thing. I don't know. I guess because of the stories, it was a little bit more on the nose about, how things for certain couples can just work out. I I, know, I, I, I enjoyed, I, but you didn't, it sounds like you didn't enjoy the movie. Is that I, what you're saying? Yeah. It just, it, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know something about it this time. It's not that it was bad. It just like, they keep meeting up and deciding they don't like each other. And, and at first it's pretty legit. Like Billy Crystal might be an attractive guy, but the way he talks to Meg Ryan was like nothing she had ever heard in her life. So it was refreshing, but that was that. And then like there, he he continues that kind of with that mentality, that way of talking and 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 speaking. And she's continuing with her neuroticism. So yeah, like th- their their attraction to each other wasn't so like powerful that I was like, oh man, these two have to be together. And the fact that they keep screwing it up is is awful. It's like they're just not ready yet so so i think it's fine that they hooked up but it doesn't seem like this big cinderella story by the end of it where i'm like yeah i got his cake and eating it too baby it's like okay good what's next this movie does embody the whole um the thing they say about relationships where it's like the things that annoy you in the beginning of a relationship are the things that you end up loving yeah um, cause that's very much what happens with Billy and her, right? Like even at the end when they're talking about everything has to be separate and blah, blah, blah. Like he's like, he's like, cause it has to be separate at the end. I think he says, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like this, this engagement between them, this, like this, I don't know. It's just this developing sense of understanding that they grow to like, okay. So like they're, they're in relationships coming up to marriages or in marriages, but like her relationship with Joe doesn't end because she loves Billy and needs to be with him. It's because Joe doesn't want a family and she does. And Billy's relationship ends because his wife cheats on him. So it's not because he needs to be with Meg. It's just the circumstances. I guess the stars align, but I don't know. It it doesn't seem like this. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem like this fate pulling them. It just seems like the right the just a, a, a it seems more like coincidence than than fate to me they keep running to each other in new york city though before they actually know each other that's it's like i think they even say eight million people yeah and it's, i've been to that place once but i can't you know it's that i think those are the coincidences is that it's new york and it's so big but these two can't t- not run into each other every couple of years. It's and it's only t- to, it's twice. It's twice. The first time it, they meet is is when they meet, so that's not a chance. And they're ever. both with somebody. Yeah, they're both with someone, and then they run into each other five years later, and then one more time. So it's it, it the chances are extremely low, but 
I don't know. It just still doesn't drive like it doesn't scream of fate. It screams of coincidence. And it's a, it's a pleasant coincidence because they end up spending some time together. I think she's a big part of, of Billy um, getting his character arc done when he's so crushed after his divorce. He feels like nothing. And she kind of nurses him back to health by being a good friend to him. And neither of them really think of taking things physical. I mean, are they, they weren't even secretly thinking about it. It didn't seem it didn't occur to them until the New Year's happened. So that's not like this crazy passion that they're burning buildings down and like wrecking their lives to get together. They it's more subtle than that. And so it just doesn't scream passion to that's me. I will, I will agree with that, actually, to John's point there is that there there could be more done to show their like the desire between them. Yeah. Even if they were like fighting it, like when they become friends and they're like, there's, there isn't a really big impact about their like tension, their sexual tension or anything else. Like they do really just seem like good friends. And I think that we as the audience understand because we understand what's happening in the movie and what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think that that, I think that maybe John has a point there that that could have been really um, more developed. Maybe that, that sense of, uh, sexual or, or romance um, that romantic tension could have been just a, a little bit more solidified I guess I always felt like that was Billy Crystal's arc though um, because he is attracted to her and, and like tries to sleep with her when they first meet and then she shuts him down and then the second time they meet he also is attracted to her and kind of hits on her even though he's engaged because she's and Meg she- Ryan though yeah, and she, but she makes him understand, like after he his divorce with his wife, or after his wife leaves him, he he has more respect for women and has more respect for her over time, and and so he doesn't look at her as a, just a purely sexual object anymore. And they form a friendship, and he even talks about it with Bruno Kirby. Yeah. He says it's weird and stuff, but like I always loved all of that stuff because it. It shows him growing and looking at women and not no longer as objects, but he's looking at them as, as human beings. And so I yep, I feel I like that really works well. Like and that's why they don't have this, you know, these these awkward moments where they're looking at each other and they almost kiss or, you know, their hands touch or whatever, because because he's trying to be respectful. Yeah. Isn't that kind of counterfeit that point though, that he says at the beginning guys and girls can't be friends? Cause they always want to, they're always going to want to sleep together or whatever. And then she says, that's not there. And you're saying that part of his arc is learning that that's not part of it, but that they do end up sleeping together as friends. No, his, his arc isn't that his arc is that he, to respect women and look at them as more than just a place to stick your dick. But he sticks his dick in her and immediately leaves. <laughs> I know he sticks his dick in her though, but only I love I love the scene where he tells her why he slept with her, that he pity fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that shit is so funny. And Meg Ryan's performance in this also, like I feel like the performances are very strong in this from everybody. Hundred percent. Everybody so is great. Everybody so is I, great. I'm tied up in those performances and characters, so I don't. I was. I didn't. This movie went by very quickly for me. Like, I thought it was. It started and it was over. And so, like, when John's saying he wasn't, didn't you? Did you not feel connected to the characters? Or no, it, it just it. It was like a slice of life. It took some time periods and it showed me the stuff, and I was like, oh, they got together. Okay, right. It wasn't like ah, oh, like the true love, star-crossed lovers, but not not not. It's not going to work out. Fate won't let them. And oh. Close, so close. Well, it's no, not Romeo and Juliet. I'll say I, that. No, yeah. I, it's definitely not. Um, and so, where did it end up? At the end of the day, it just ended up a, a little flat for me. It, it's not enough romance. It's it, it like it genuinely looks into the question: Can guys and girls be friends? Um, no is the answer at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but it you can um there can be i don't know moments whatever you call billy crystal's time when he's recovering um because he he definitely thinks he's attractive the first couple of times they run into her but 
I, I, in my mind, what Billy Crystal is just the type of guy. He's like an attractive guy. He's he's kind of got his shit together. As weird as as he is, he'd probably be a good drinking buddy. Uh, I I just guessed at that time he gets laid a lot. He was like, this woman's beautiful, and if I could sleep with her, that'd be great. And if I can't, you know what? There's more. There's more at the buffet tomorrow. So I don't know. Again, it just didn't lead me to being like that. He they were destined to be together. Um, I I think John wants to get 1989 Billy Crystal drunk and fuck him a little, dude. 1989 Billy Crystal would be the best time. He's like a good looking guy. Like I never thought of Billy Crystal as like a handsome, a handsome star. But he's touching yourself. Yeah, well, I'm touching myself right now. (laughs) He's a good looking guy. Yeah, he is. No, Uh, it's Billy with the beard. Billy yeah. looks great with a beard. Yeah, love that too. He's very short, but I mean, he does. He's a good oh, are you guy. gonna height shame? Sorry, <laughs> we're all we're all average height here. Well, none of us are monsters. An average girth. What are you talking about? We're, <laughs> we're all over the average. Isn't what's the average? <laughs> it's like five eight or five ten. Is that true? Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. No, we're we're <laughs> tall. Anyways, <laughs> but and so and Poor Meg Billy, Ryan's, man, you shame Billy. Meg Ryan's performance in this when when she shows her emotion because she's the emotionless one about her husband Joe and Billy's the yeah. one who needs the support, and then she totally crumbles when she finds out he's engaged or getting married again or whatever. She like all of that denial. Yeah. Billy asks her about it a bunch too. Yeah, he and does. She denies, denies, denies. I don't know. I, I, I didn't miss that romance like you guys. I guess I, I felt like it was more so them becoming friends and then be becoming lovers, and I was okay with that. It was a slower burn. I, I don't, I don't have as big a problem with it. I was just saying I could see John's point on that. I yeah, think. and I can see it too. Yeah, like the stakes just weren't there. Like. And 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 it was a nice a nice slice of life and so well acted so well directed some really funny things you know laughing out loud um the, the whole cab stuff you're talking about before with Bruner and Carrie Fisher that whole scene like I laughed out loud I was like ah <laughs> that was funny. really funny it was good and the the bedroom scene another really good one and like a lot of the dialogue is great the discussions they have are great um I just I don't know for me I just needed a bit more um to it to, to make me really be like this movie is like something totally worth revisiting in a couple of years because it has some important messages like I don't think this explores new ground and and the conclusions it comes to is is not that shocking either so I think at the time though it was that's it was the thing not yeah. explored yeah yeah so therein lies the you know a good good hook back to the title of our show like does that hold make it not hold up or not that's the question we'll have no, before that's us a, no that's fair that's fair Good. I'm glad I'm fair. Yay. Brent, you, this is your first time you saw it. So what were your first impressions after you finished? So to give everyone a little history as to why we watched this, we were discussing New Year's movies and this came up as a potential. And as soon as I said I hadn't seen it, Colin just decided we would watch this movie. So I didn't want to see it. Um, I would have still fought you if you hadn't just put your foot down. I was very excited about you watching this, not having seen it. I forgot that you hadn't seen it before we started doing the podcast. No, and anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm frequently not interested in a lot of the things that we see. Um, (laughs) That's true. And this is definitely one of those. But... It's another one that I found myself like enjoying. And like John said, like I laughed out loud a couple times during this movie. I fucking love the characters. Like Meg Ryan is not only like a beautiful woman, but she is so enjoyable in her role in this movie. Like yeah. she she plays off when she's a little bit more coy and sheepish. She does that really well. And then I felt obviously more than you come from our previous discussion that her whole like development in New York and her like coming out of her shell was really well done. Um, this movie made me f- love Billy Crystal. I admit, not that I had a problem with Billy Crystal before. He's very talented, but I found him to be pretty amazing in this movie. He's, he's a comedic genius. I think we could all agree, right? He's, he might be a little dated for this time, but I think especially coming up for where he is, um, and has been, he's been a pretty prolific comedy and comedic actor, but he's played serious really well, man. Um, I mean, he's like a Robin Williams of his time, I guess, if you could say that. They're both like kind of contemporaries, but I think he's a little bit prior to 
to Robin, but they both have that skill. Um, I, I found myself enjoying this movie. Dan, the long, long answer to your fucking quick question. Yeah. I, uh, well, no, I that's what I wanted I to hear. hear. I wanted to hear your thoughts. And I agree with you. I feel like both of them, I, I felt like Meg Ryan grew. I just didn't feel like she grew to screaming fake orgasms in restaurants. Yeah, but and I'm not she definitely, she definitely grew. Like, she was a control freak, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she, uh, she definitely changed. They they changed each other. That's what was so interesting about it. I think watching it again, they do. Well, they I ha- think they change each other to incorporate. They like, they, they soften. They They're grow. on polar ends of the spectrum. He is like so yes. so cynical. He he could never have a real relationship because he would know the minute they had sex that it'd be over, and he would have no qualms about like lying there, staring up, waiting for the right moment to walk out of the room. Um, and she is so kind of uh, neurotics. Not the not the right word for her. Um, naive and. Um, uh, got her own ideas on what's right, and if you don't fit that bill, then it's not something she would have considered. So, so yeah, they 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 soften each other, and they do. I love the Venn diagram. Maybe they don't. Maybe by the end they become one, but they at least have way more overlap and common ground. So I like seeing that happen too. Like these are really likable characters. Um, Billy's a I little bit her. down, but that at the start, but like his his uh, cynicism, even as a, me as a, a, a cynical guy, his cynicism is a lot to take at the start, but. Um, he makes a lot of great points and he and the way he is at the end of the movie it makes the fact that he's so extreme at the start even more impactful the way he changes yeah that's what this movie had was great arcs yeah both of their characters she is such a control freak that when she orders the food and stuff i love that little detail it shows how much of a control freak she is she cannot order off the menu she has and and it's like five or six changes and i love the thing with the pie where uh, she wants it this way and then if that nothing at all and it has to be clarified you mean not the pie and then she's like well i'll have the pie but then just nothing else and you don't have to heat it up so like it's just so her character is so funny yeah with his character and i love that he finds that at the end of the movie so endearing um and they did talk in bed all the time on the phone you know when they were watching tv together and all that stuff so I just, I, I feel like it's subtle. I feel like the subtlety of watching their characters bond and, and grow and fall in love with each other is, is, is like, people don't do that anymore in scripts and movies. Hmm. Everything's kind of beat you over the head. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, I would have liked if this arc was part of a, a, a bigger, more interesting story. If, if these two relationship developed with something else carrying something more like the interesting end of the world me. or something no like no superpowers? no well i mean you you, you could definitely cut it into things like that yes you could use those things uh, just make something more <laughs> interesting happen like yes. the, add their work lives or a business they're trying to get up and going or any like the, we don't get into their lives in that way at all you know he's a lawyer but he doesn't seem to like it uh, or a consultant what would you anyway and she's a she's a writer but you you don't really get too much of a sense on how successful she is except they both have pretty nice apartments for new york yeah. um yeah uh, so i don't know i just just something else like a little bit more conflict other than them just knocking heads until until the time is right and then when the time is right they don't get together which i understand is 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 good tension as they're befriending um but and this is just my own personal thing. I needed I needed Billy to have like telekinesis, and and she could have <laughs> she could have conjoined uh, twin cyst syndrome, <laughs> and then it would be a fucking awesome movie <laughs> when Harry <laughs> met Sally and Joe. <laughs> see, and I, I do want to see that movie. Yeah, and I and I find this uh, I war- like it's like sitting in a warm bath or something. It's just like comfortable and like it's a small story. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you that it's funny because until you started talking about Billy Crystal's career, I could not remember what he did, and uh, that is troublesome. Yeah, Monsters so Inc. Sh- anybody? Does anybody <laughs> know what he did for a living? He was a lawyer. He was a stand-up comic. Yeah. Oh, in the movie. Yeah. He was a uh, lawyer. I'm so dumb. I'm so. He dumb. was a he was a lawyer. 
I th- either that or for some reason, like consulting. Was Brent, what was he? I kind of thought he was maybe a writer too. They were all writers. The other three are all writers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, Carrie Fisher also dating the married men. She was good in this. Yeah. Bruno oh, yeah. Kirby she, is she, great. See her and Bruno both had arcs enough as secondary characters that you got totally them. neurotic and, and, you know, set in their ways and blah, blah, blah. And then they find each other quickly. Like, and th- that whole getting them at that dinner and that, that whole uh, segment is one of the most enjoyable in the movie because it ends with them running off into that cab together. Um, but it all made sense and you could see it happening and they didn't belate it for too long. Um, their yeah. chemistry is really good too. Yeah, it, Bruno and and uh, Carrie. Yeah, and it was good. They, yeah, they, they it was seemed, really good. They seemed really comfortable with each other as a married couple, and yes, um, and then it used a little, you know, that whole discussion around the table and stuff like that to drive Harry and Sally's relationship flaws forward. Like that, that kind of stuff all uh, all works too. So, like, they were but, great secondaries to play off of things. Billy's dialogue in that scene where they're arguing about the uh, wheel, wheel, uh, wheel, wheel table, yeah. the wheel wagon table is so good because his dialogue is so anti-relationship. Yes. And he's, t- and he's telling it to people who are just, just, just moving in, yeah. like in the process of moving their furniture. And he has some great dialogue there. He's so down. He's so woody in that scene in particular. Yeah, ah, fuck he is. it. It'll never last anyway. I don't want you wasting your time. It's uh it's really and I love how Bruno Kirby's mad at him for not taking his side on the uh, whole thing. Yeah. And having to get rid of that shitty table. Yeah. That table is shitty. It it's sucked. a shitty table. It sucked. It was the He really liked wheel. it though. That was that he loved that table. It seemed like he was really attached to it. Yep. When he's walking out, he's like, I don't want to talk about it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I mean, like, I just found like I was smiling the whole movie and really enjoying it. Like I, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I I definitely think that that this movie holds up. I guess well, I gave it away. Yeah, you I, mean, I, I don't know do what it. else we need. Continue. Is there other stuff we need to carry? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is there other stuff we need to talk about or do you want to call it then? Colin might as well take us away, and we'll, we we always talk after we call it. He's not high. Yeah, it's never going to stop with just uh, like so. I feel like the structure in this movie made it enjoyable. This it, it's just a good solid script, and it's a short movie too. Like the two only good movies I've seen this year um, for 2020 have been under two hours long, and they were both comedies. Like where I could say, you know what, this was a good movie. And uh, people are just making too long of fucking movies. I don't know. I like the simplicity of the story, and I like it's small. I don't even mind that. I don't even know what Billy Crystal did for a living. It doesn't really matter, I guess, to me. Like, what do I def- give a it was fuck? Not a, it doesn't define It didn't him. come into play. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, define Yeah, like, I, I know, but usually I think that would be a big speed bump for me after the movie if I didn't know what the person did for a career. But, like, I knew his character so well that he could have been an architect. He could have been a plumber. Like, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. Like, he obviously has a professional job based on the way he dresses and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I am I was really surprised that this movie held up as, as much as it did, but I think it definitely did. That is, I think, the one thing that bugs me about not owning his job is that knowing how expensive New York is. Yeah. And then whenever I see a movie and it's just like yeah. these people have this place that is like obviously close to Central Park yeah, and obviously massive with big fucking floor-to-ceiling windows. windows and studios, like, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ, the carpet he's unrolling is as big as my fucking main area, right? <laughs> like he, he needs to like at least one time be like I was, I was born wealthy or some shit. Like yep. it's a little bit takes you out of it not knowing considering the fucking grandiose uh rich nature that he obviously has right yeah i think a lot of people don't know like they don't understand how expensive places like those would either cost to buy or rent those those would be like 35 four thousand a month rentals oh yeah it's like friends that place would be more oh yeah the one with his with the giant fucking carpet yeah the yeah, it, it's sick. Yeah, I mean, this was an '89 too, but even then, I oh, mean, yeah. New York's never been cheap. Nope, it's always, it's always been relative, expensive, especially in the city on, on in Manhattan. Oh yeah, you're gonna pay a fucking arm and a leg for those places. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, 
Well, look, I'll, I'll go next because I don't think I was hiding my feelings. I, I'm, I'm going to say this is a borderline does not hold up. Um, Ooh. But it's it, it, wow. it's it, only because at the end of it, Harsh. at the end of it, when it rolled, I was just like, eh. I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't go on forever talking about how shitty this movie was because I could never say it was shitty. I The characters are, are great and likable. There's just not a ton of gravity or there's not a lot here to... to, to to make me want to say that it got better, more poignant, has a big message, has something that's carried itself through over the years that makes it hold up over time. I think it's just, it's lost a little bit of an edge because some of the subject matter has been covered a ton since this came out. And yes, recognize this as a groundbreaking movie, whatever borrowed or or collaborated with Woody, maybe he's an EP on this and we just didn't know. Is it, How do you write a pathetic character, Well, Um but I think at the end of the day, I got to go with my gut on how this was when I wrapped it. And I was like, eh, uh, uh, yeah. eh. So I, for that reason, I'm going to say it doesn't hold up. By no means a bad movie. I uh, would love to hear feedback from from our audience on this one um, because, yeah. And, and like Brent's, Brent's point of view here is going to be interesting, too. I have, a, I have an inkling which way he's leaning. <sighs> yeah, I think so, too. It's going to side with me. I know it. Come on, Brent. Well. Don't Let listen me to John. You. John doesn't know what he's talking about. Colin's too optimistic. He's, you can hear the emotion from his childhood <laughs> pouring out. First time, first time ever that Colin was the, the optimistic one. <laughs> it's in, just good uh, writing. A good script is good script. It's... Um, the movie's not perfect. Woo. It's It's got <laughs> some pacing issues, um, but that might be a, a symptom of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like people have less uh, shorter attention spans now, and they tend to need more. Like John needs fucking uh, superpowers and an and an autistic uh, uh, attached uh, sibling with big boobs. But with big boobs, it wasn't yeah, his yeah. name John? It wasn't his name Stephen or something? You said <laughs> yeah. his conjoined twin. With oh boobs. yeah, Joe. <laughs> so yeah, so so John needs a transgendered conjoined twin um, on Sally. Now you're talking, but. Um, I think it holds up. I liked it. I found the characters to be really enjoyable. Overall, I think that it's um, by no means a perfect movie, and there, there's a lot of stuff that could be fixed. Like, what does Billy do? What is his job? Is he a drug dealer? Doesn't seem likely. Crash. Um, no, I mean, there's there's relatively little to complain about here. Yeah. But overall... Um, I mean, I'll watch this again sometime. Uh, this would be one of those things that would come on TV and I'd watch it then. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's not something that I'll like chase down to watch or that I'll probably like be sitting home alone and like want to watch. But I found it to be charming. Um, I do think it's, it's. I mean, on a scale, it's probably like a 70% hold up. So it's got a lot. It's got some room. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, we'll give you that one. That's fine. I guess. You know what? That's crazy that Brent has never seen this movie. It's also not up his alley whatsoever, but he still enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you like this one. I give things an honest shake. I fucking love Pretty Woman. No, I don't think, I don't think you, it's not, that's not, I'm not saying that you're like, um, like you, you're open-minded. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. Boy, this I? is not your <laughs> a cup of tea and this movie's how old is this guys 31 years old yep it's 91 was it yeah 89 so like uh, and you and you just saw for the first time uh unwillingly uh <laughs> or at least like with fucking <laughs> reservations protest. we're gonna have and to you, start and, tracking uh, that because Brent likes you, a bunch of the ones that we make him do yeah and you still you still not titanic like let me ask you guys this. Did Hillary and uh, Nat watch it? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, Hillary didn't watch it. And what this. did Nat think, John? She was pretty much meh, I think. She was a <laughs> meh? Yeah. I would have thought I would have thought this was up Nat's alley. That's what I would have thought too. I'm really surprised she seems like by a that, romantic to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it just didn't grab a bunch of attention to to like oh yeah, this is great. This is super duper. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was uh, quite surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it sounds like it was great for you. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'm just really, I'm really surprised that I'm the one who liked this one as much as I did. And you guys, uh, I mean, Brent 
uh, Brent like liked it, but like you seemed really opposed to this. <laughs> uh, not opposed, not opposed, but it, Is uh, it, it was, uh, it's because it was disappointing for me. You're we'll called the Lost Boy Syndrome at the beginning of the movie. Kind of, you're yeah. You're a cynic. You're so, a cynic. Yeah, so much like then, it's not apparent where my opposite to that is, and it'll be years maybe maybe you need before to grow I your find beard it. out and get a little uh, open up. Yeah, maybe you need to shave that beard and then open it. Up. Shave it. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's not a big deal. Like even mentioning Pretty Woman as a love story, much more enjoyable for me because there's hookers. So so if yeah, <laughs> so if Meg Ryan was a hooker, then you would have liked this. Correct. Or Billy Crystal. Let's not discriminate. Billy could have been a gigolo. That's fair. That's, we don't actually know what fair. he does. Yeah, actually, there you go. And yeah, he's got a lot of cash, obviously, laying around. So pecan pie is cold. The pecan <laughs> pie is cold. I'm, I get the sense that was all ad-libbed by Billy. Yeah, no one's writing that down. No. <laughs> no. Yes. No one's typing that. Please have to pecan pie. Yeah, no one would write that dialogue ever. So. What is he saying? Please... Please to partake of my pecan pie. <laughs> but what is he? Why is he doing that again? He's doing something with peas. It sounds know. like he's. It sounds like he's acting like Andy Kaufman. He's trying to get her to do the Andy Kaufman voice. Oh, maybe. Taxi. Yeah, and then he puts her on the spot with his place to repeat, and she Please does. To repeat. So she's a good sport about it. All right, so this is our New Year's, so Happy New Year's to everybody. Woo, happy New Year, guys! All it's almost right. over. A couple more days. Well. I guess this will come out a couple days after, but like, yeah. thank God that this fucking piece of shit is done. Fuck twenty twenty. Just a couple years to a couple days until COVID twenty is released. You know what? I'd say yeah. I'd say fuck twenty twenty, except for uh, all of you who continue to listen and download the podcast. It's so great. Um, December this December has been like one of our best months ever because I think people needed a little release, so we hope that gave it to you, and we mean orgasm. Yeah. Mm. Everyone needs release. a little release around the holidays. Yeah. So yeah. come in January, we got uh, some older movies coming up. Uh, some movies from the 60s. I think we mentioned that last time. Uh, and we got some other new things coming up that will slow trickle to just to keep you t- tempted to come back and keep listening to the show. Keep you titillated. Yeah. Tap your prostate. Yep. <laughs> so it'll be a brand new year when we see you next but we will see you um first week of january we'll be there for you for everybody for the world that's what we do so thanks for listening everybody and as always enjoy your shitty end of 2020 and enjoy your shit at 2021 <laughs> shit <laughs> lots of shit thanks for listening everyone make sure you follow us on instagram our handle is hold up underscore podcast you can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.